Hello, and welcome back to Pub Indie. We are two self-published authors. My name is Anna Bailey. And I'm Tammy Cavanaugh. <laughs> so after a long hiatus, we are returning to talk about what we've been up to, some news, and also dig into some topics that we've been feeling very passionate about recently. Well, basically, we'll just say life got busy mm-hmm. and we had to take some time off. <laughs> Yep, decisions had to be made. (laughs) And now we're coming back stronger than ever. And Tammy, I think you have some big news that you'd like to share with everyone. Yeah, back in April, I published my first book, uh, A Mortal Bargain by T.R. Kavanaugh in a series, The Fractured Gods. And it's available as a paperback as well as an ebook at Amazon at this point. Um, I'm hoping to put it in more stores eventually, but it's also in Kindle Unlimited. And until it comes out of that, I can't publish it at any of the other bookstores. Mm-hmm. How has that been for you? Was it such a relief that you finally got it out there? Uh, it was a relief and it was also very terrifying. <laughs> I, I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> um, I think I was in a bit of shock once it got released um, because it told me it would be probably 72 hours and honestly it was only a few hours after I submitted and um, I was in the middle of watching my nephew's hockey game and I got a notification that it had gone live and I was just like oh (laughs) I was not prepared for that mentally (laughs) yeah so for all you other authors out there too, I actually have also noticed recently that my books have been going live way faster than I anticipated. And I guess there's something to be said if you want your book live on a certain date to just do a pre-order even a week ahead of time, make sure you have everything finalized and uploaded, and then you can have like a great release date. But yeah, this that can happen and... <laughs> Hey, it was a happy surprise in a way. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm probably next time just so that I can mentally prepare for that release and not be shocked by it myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, while I say this, it's quite funny because, you know, do as I say and not as I do because I never do pre-orders. So speaking of first time with this year was the very first time I did an in-person event, not only because of COVID, but also because I never thought to put myself out there like that. And I signed up for a book festival. It was Word on the Street, and it was the first time I was solely responsible for basically planning a whole booth, uh, thinking about how to accept payment, and all that fun stuff. <laughs> that was quite daunting at the end of the day at first. So exciting. I couldn't wait to actually, you know, have my print books out and available for people, chat with actual readers face to face for the first time in forever. (laughs) But there was a lot of little things to consider and even it even goes beyond just showing up with your books. You basically get a table and you have to basically create a store. I've been saying basically a lot. Overall, what I learned is that presentation is key to these sorts of things. You can have the best book, but if your area, booth, whatever, does not attract eyes and attention, then unfortunately you won't get people stopping by to check out your book as much as possible. On top of that, everyone says it, but sometimes it's really hard to follow through 
with actually you being available. So don't, you know, be sitting behind your booth, texting on your phone, or even like back turned. (laughs) You'd be surprised the amount of people I've seen doing that. Um, And even I'm guilty of that because, you know, you get tired. I was there for seven hours. That's a long time. Yeah. Next time I'm dragging you with me. (laughs) (laughs) Willing or not. Just kidding. Just kidding. But yeah, it was, it was a great opportunity to learn a lot of things, including what works with covers. That's interesting. In marketing and all the discussions, you always hear about how important colors are. And it's not only the quality of the work. Sometimes it's literally a color that can draw someone in. And I noticed that with my own books that I had displayed, I had about 10 of my 18 books available for purchase. And the yellow one was the first to sell out and the first one people picked up, even if they didn't end up buying that one. It's interesting to me because online, that is not my bestseller. Oh. Yeah. So, and you know, it can, maybe it's just the people that were there that day really liked yellow. It's possible. <laughs> but I'm a fan of yellow myself, but mm-hmm. it doesn't look good on screens for some reason. Mm-hmm. So that might have something to do with it. I should do more research into this and maybe another future podcast we can get into the nitty gritty of colors for covers. I do remember reading or hearing something a long time ago about color theory in movies and like you didn't really see yellow much in movies because it just didn't show up well Mm -hmm. on the screen. So it was one of those colors that they tended to avoid. Yeah. Um, And then the other second color after the yellow was green, like the emerald green. That one's really pretty, though. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Even me. I love those jewel tones, like the purples, the turquoise. Having colors that pop and draw the eye, especially when there's so many other booths and other distractions around, even the coffee booth, right? It's great to have something to catch someone's eye and stand out. And that is also where I will say, if you can afford to, having something um, like a banner printed or something on your table to add visual interest. I saw someone do fairy lights on their table, pretty tablecloths, anything to make you stand out will draw people's attention. So instead of you having to actively call people over or, you know, try and get people's attention, they will naturally come over. I don't know about you, but I personally am not the best sales person. (laughs) I'm not pushy at all because I know I also hate when people do that to me. So my technique has been more if I've captured your interest and if you have questions for me, I am here and check out my work, please. But I will never, you know, push on someone. However, overall, I had a very tiring but successful experience and I am looking forward to next year's event and maybe even doing a few others. I definitely don't think I could do more in the future, more than one or two a year. It was about a month of constant work, maybe only a half an hour here, half an hour there, but overall (laughs) it was something that was living in my head quite a bit. So the stressor that was around. So something to keep in mind, I made the mistake of also having a book due to an editor at the same time. Not the best (laughs) 
<laughs> not the best practice. So now that I know how much effort is actually goes into these events, I will know to not plan any book releases or anything major around that time. Um, how about you? Do you think, now that you've heard about my horrifying experiences, do you think you'd ever sign up to go to a booth or do anything in person like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I might be interested in doing it. It sounds like a lot of work initially, but because you've already put so much work into the first time you've done mm-hmm. it, a lot of those things are like prepped now, right? Yeah. So you don't have to necessarily think of them for future ones. Yeah. For example, I did do, I did pay for um, stand-up banner and that thing is not only massive, but I can keep reusing it because the quality is there and it didn't, it may, I managed not to rip it in transit. (laughs) (laughs) So that'll be great. And I think even profit wise, future conferences will be even more profitable because that upfront cost of the banner and the you know, the decoration for the table, it's all done. Right. Was there anything else that was costed Um, you money or? I decided to go with Square for payment to accept payment on credit and e-transfer. And I actually found that a big lifesaver. It does take 2% of every transaction. However, it let me add all my items for sale. And then I also was able you know, so now for tax time, it's very easy and to keep track of all my sales and what exactly sold. In the future, I would like to invest in a proper square console. So those cost, I think I saw some for $60 upwards of 300. And the reason I'd want those is because they are less reliant on my phone (laughs) and they also accept debit. That was a big thing that I noticed people wanted to pay with. It wasn't even so much cash anymore. Mm -hmm. It was debit or even tap. So having the ability to tap because people had their credit cards on their phones and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, Apple Pay, Google Pay, I didn't have the ability to just tap. So I actually lost one or two sales because of that. Right. So something to keep in mind, too. (laughs) What did you do to try and direct people towards um, checking out more of your... your, available books. Right. So that was another big thing I invested time in. I created bookmarks and very pretty and eye-catching, the emerald green. (laughs) But on the back, I had a QR code that took everyone to my website where they could find even my eBooks. And I also did a quick, easy little printout using Staples print of same thing, my company name, just a quick blurb of the type of books I write, and then the QR code and also the email address for people who are not as tech savvy and used to using QR codes. As I was talking to people, I let them know, by the way, my books are also available on ebook and there are plenty of other books in the series if some of my, like the first in the series sold out quick. (laughs) So just overall, great experience. Eight out of ten would have definitely been great with two people. <laughs> and now I know what to expect and be prepared for. So that'll be great. Oh, I one last thing I actually wanted to mention before we wrap up here. I wasn't sure how many units would sell. And I also didn't want to commit. I don't have the storage space to hold a lot of my books. So I think I underordered. However, I don't regret it. I did sell out, so... Getting back home was very easy, and now I know what to expect for future. However, I'm not left with 200 books in my basement, (laughs) so I'd much prefer this way, and I think if 
anyone going forward is planning on going to an event, think of how much it costs you to be at this booth. How many books would you need to sell to make up that cost? And then order about that many or a bit more. But try not to overspend. You can always order more um, depending on your printer. And I think that's like a good tip to, you know, test the waters. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a very good tip. So that about wraps up this week's episode. Thank you for joining us. And we look forward to speaking with you again.